Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. You're listening to a podcast from the South China Morning Post. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to a new episode of Inside China Tech. As usual, I am your host, Zen Su, a technology reporter from the South China Morning Post. Today, we have two very interesting segments for you. So as you know, the MWC, also known as the Mobile World Congress, is happening right now in Barcelona, Spain. And we have Bien Perez, who is with the SCMP Tech Desk. He is on the ground at the conference, checking out all of the cool stuff that's going on, whether it's foldables or 5G applications. So we will be speaking to him briefly to find out what is happening on the ground. Also, we have a very fun, exciting roundtable discussion with um, SCMP's very own Ravi and Kevin Kwong. We are going to be talking about whether or not people actually want foldables. Like, is this a fad? Is this the next big thing for smartphones? So yeah, let's get into it. So I have with me now Bien Perez, who is on the ground at MWC in Barcelona, Spain. Bien, what's it like being live at MWC? Uh, buenos dias, Zen. And uh, yeah, it's... Uh, do you ever get that feeling that when you ride the MTR in Hong Kong and walk around and you have all these smartphone zombies? Well, triple and quadruple that inside the MWC. Everybody has a smartphone. Everybody's multitasking while walking, and it's really a miracle that nobody gets hurt while they pass each other on the floor. That's that's the truth. That's the uh, situation there. But otherwise, uh, lots of things to see, especially in the smartphone sector, because of all the talk about foldables. Uh, there are also uh, obviously the a lot of uh, discussions on uh, U.S. pressure on Huawei how it is affecting the Chinese equipment suppliers and how the rival suppliers like uh, Ericsson and Cisco and Nokia uh, are doing right now. And they're all doing well. Uh, the biggest booth in uh, Hall C, there, uh, Hall 3, there are about eight halls, really cavern-like halls where you have um, nearly a lot of booths, big and small, from boots, two-story boots with... Uh, 20, 50 people inside to uh, two-man booths. Uh, they're all uh, there, uh, available for everyone to see solutions for smartphones, solutions for networks. In terms of smartphones, we know that a big mm. theme this year is, like you said, the foldables. So yep. we've seen that Samsung and Huawei had both, you know, sort of unveiled their foldable phones ahead of MWC. Um, yep. Did you manage to get a look at them? Did you manage to touch them, see them at the uh, on the show floor? Both Huawei and Samsung had their uh, foldable phones encased in glass. They were precious. So each one of us were jostling to take a picture of the thing. And uh, the only foldable phone I managed to touch, feel, test a bit would be the Royale Flex Pi. 
How's the um, Royal Flex Pie like? I mean, I believe they um, say that they're the first company to actually really launch like a true foldable phone. Like they did it, I think, at, even at CES, they already had it um, on display. So yeah, what what was it like handling um, the Royal phone? It's uh, like a tablet. And then when you fold it, the screen folds like that. But uh, Like outwards? Like yeah, outwards? like outwards. So it's like the Huawei important. one. Yeah, it's okay. Uh, the resolution was fine, and but it but it warms up pretty quick. Like when I was just testing it, I was just there fifteen minutes, and it really warmed up. So uh, uh, I don't know user case moving forward. I don't know. Uh, I only had fifteen minutes with it, but it's cool. Yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty interesting that you know this Chinese company like Royal, they're known for their screen technology mostly. Yes, like yes. they. I think they're really not that big of a player in smartphones, but it's it's quite interesting that they're they're pretty much one of the first movers, you know, uh, to to produce such a phone, even if it is not as polished necessarily as the Samsung Galaxy Fold or the uh, yeah. And that Huawei only happens in, that only happens in China because China has the infrastructure, manufacturing infrastructure to allow any of these new players to enter the market. Hey, we got you a phone. Just give us the specs. What else is generating excitement at NRVC apart from foldables? It's really the 5G applications. So for operators, uh, like when I went to the Nokia booth, uh, they provide end-to-end. It's hackneyed to say, but really end-to-end service. Like they put more artificial intelligence in the way the networks of the future will be built, allowing uh, communities, local governments to really build smart cities and uh, I, I was impressed with that Nokia visit Huawei uh, obviously they've been around with uh, smart cities, same with ZTE uh, so it's a mix of both network and foldable phones uh, That's that's been the buzz around uh, MWC right now. For foldable phones, uh, I spoke with a couple of analysts and the expectations are pretty realistic uh, one analysis firm, Canalyst, mentioned that they expect 2 million foldable phones in 2019, uh, largely from uh, Huawei and Samsung. One other analyst told me that just like the era of the 2G feature phones, this will be faddish. It will be luxury, it will cost a lot, but eventually uh, prices will go down and uh, yeah, it's kind of a fad because one of the things that I saw there, besides the foldable phone of these uh, players, is one by LG Electronics. It isn't a foldable phone, but it has two screens. So you have one screen uh, that is a regular phone, buy a case, and in that case, there's an accessory screen. So we have two terminals, and you can close it inward. You hmm. can protect it, put it in your pocket, no problem. Yeah, so that sounds a lot like the ZTE Exxon M. You know, like mm. it's it's like that phone with the two screens and, you know, it yeah. feels like a book. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. I think it seems like the whole trend is moving towards bigger is better or more screens and more multitasking as people are, you know, doing more things on their phones, like watching videos and also trying to surf the web and trying to, yeah. you know, be on social media. Uh, and on that note, Bien, I know you're a very busy man and you probably have a lot of interviews to go to. And if there are eight halls, you probably need a lot of time to, you know, walk through all of them. So I will leave you to it. But thank you very much for sharing your insights with us from Barcelona. Tada! Thank you.
Okay, so I have with me today Ravi, who's the executive producer of Abacus, our sister tech site. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right. Okay, and I also have with me Kevin Kwong, who is an editor of the culture section and occasionally writes about devices. Correct. Yes. So, hi everyone. Today we are going to talk about portables. Portables. Ravi, is this a revolution or is it just hype? It's stage one of the revolution. It's too early, but these things aren't ready for consumers yet. But this is the direction everything is going in. Everything? Everything. Okay. I mean, Apple's already looking at doing, like, screens and replacing keyboards. What? There are already patents for that. Oh, I mean, don't they have a patent for also, like, a foldable phone? Yeah, I mean, they've been working on a foldable phone for years. But it's not out yet. No, because these things are... I mean, everyone's beat Apple. Hmm? Everyone's beat Apple. Everyone always beats Apple. Don't forget, That's Apple's true. always late to every to every so-called innovation. They don't care about being first. They care about being right. Cool. Kevin, what do you think? Well, um, I'd like to talk about the form factor of Foldable because we actually had that from way back. I still remember the Nokia, the communicator, 1996. And it's a Foldable. Um, so the form factor doesn't surprise me. But the actual screen, the flexi screen, I mean, that's something. Okay, first I need to, I need a description of this phone because in 1996, I was seven. So (laughs) I don't know what this phone looks like. You child. So what exactly? Go go Google. Basically, it it folds. Yeah. So it is like a, remember those really big um, Nokia phones? It opens up to a keyboard. So you have a keyboard inside and you have a screen. Um, on top. Imagine a tiny little like phone laptop, basically. Keyboard on the bottom, screen on the top. Full keyboard, right? I actually really like full keyboards. I actually really dislike touch screens, but never mind. Another For someone so young, you sound really old right now. Uh, it's true. I mean, honestly, I miss my Nokia days, like when I was in like middle school or whatever, and we were just like typing. Like you can type under a table without looking because you know where all the keys are, right? Now with touch screen phones, you can't do anything. However, I think Kevin still uses a, uses a phone that has a keyboard. Kevin, what's that phone you, you've got? It's a BlackBerry. It's a, I didn't even know they still made Blackberries. Yeah, uh, you can't touch type on a, on a touchscreen keyboard because I can. Can you do it accurately? You have autocorrect. I don't be- What? You have autocorrect. That's what it's for. But anyway, to talk, go back to the form factor. <laughs> well, the thing, you mentioned Nokia. I think that's really interesting because actually one of the reasons I used Nokia was because their phones weren't clamshells. Other than like the communicator and all other devices, most of Nokia's phones were candy bar. So, you know, like modern smartphones, you, you know, you didn't have to unfold it, nothing. What you see is what you get. Mm-hmm. At the same time, I really like the idea of foldables. I really like the idea of being able to like have your cake and eat it too. Because I don't really like big phones, but... Big screens obviously have a great utility. They're much better for watching things. They're much better for doing a bit of work. They're much better for a bit of multitasking. And being able to have a phone that's small, pocketable, and you can hold and use with one hand, but also if you need a little bit more, you unfold it, that's great. And and something that looks, you know, impressive. You know, how consumers like to, you know, on the MTR, everyone's phone looks the same. And then you get this out of your pocket. Or but, your bag, or whatever. But eventually, on the everyone will have it. Everyone will have a foldable phone. If this is the revolution, like Ravi says, eventually everyone will still have a phone that looks the same. But also, my question is: Will a foldable phone actually cannibalize like tablets? Because it's basically what it is: is a is a phone that becomes a tablet if you want it to. So what's gonna, you know? Is, is there a tablet market to cannibalize at this point? I mean, the tablet market's been declining for quarter on quarter on quarter on quarter. 
um, it feels like that is kind of gone and rather the tablet and the PC kind of live in their own world and phones live in another world. Yeah, actually, I don't mind because I never like tablets anyway. Like, what do people even use tablets for? It's like not, it's like, ne- it's neither here nor there. Like I like pers- reading on them. I like reading not just books, which, by the way, Kindle suck. But not just books, <laughs> but also Kindles, like just for the record, also like Kindles reading the, the web rest. and things like that. I don't want to read them on my small phone screen. I want to read them on a big tablet screen. I want to be able to like pop open like um, iMessage or chat or Twitter at the same time. I use it a lot for during football matches. I think they're great. I love okay, tablets. So clearly, Ravi is in the camp for foldables. Kevin, what about you? Um, I'm kind of maybe. Um, I have not got my hands on any of the new foldables only through YouTube. And I like the Huawei foldable more than the Samsung simply because of the way it folds. Um, the, one, the one with Samsung, I think you fold it, like, how do you say it? Inwards. Inwards. Mm. Like whereas, Yeah. Whereas the Huawei open the other, you know, or fold the other way. And I think the technology for, it just looks more impressive, I think. It's also, it's just, it's smarter in so many ways. It's neater, it's much smaller. There's less like of a gap to get like dirt and things inside. Um, yeah, I like the Huawei one much more, and I'm not really a fan of Huawei phones at all in any way. But the Huawei Mate X, I think, is a really, really good looking phone. And one thing I actually wanted to bring up, which I think is really interesting, is Samsung have been working on their foldable phone for like 10 years. They've been teasing it for seven, eight years. I mean, they showed it off like last November. They also make screens. They make these foldable screens. Samsung wants the foldable revolution to happen. They want to be the leaders in it. And yet, what, three days after they announced and showed off their phone, Huawei totally stole their thunder. Yeah, do we understand why they made that 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 sort of foldable phone that folds inwards? Because then you you have like so many screens. What's going on? I've, I felt like the Huawei one was much more intuitive, the way that it folded. But I mean, the one thing, sorry, to the one thing about the Samsung phone, though, is it is you can put a case on it, right? Which is the funny thing we saw with the mm-hmm. reacts to the Huawei phone is there's no possible way to put a case on that phone. You can't even put a bumper on it or anything. Like, there's just no case option. I think it's really funny. I think, um, uh, is, is Li Tao doing a story on, like, how people are dealing with the whole no-case future? I hate cases. Mm. I hate a lot of stuff. Um, yeah, I think, um, like, Suning, which is this Chinese electronics retailer, basically started saying that they were going to sell insurance for foldable phones, even before foldable phones are actually launched. I mean, I can imagine how it would be a huge business because if you can't actually put a case on the, the freaking Huawei Mate X, like, people are going to be, like, smashing screens everywhere. Um, well, wait, well, but actually it's say, plastic, Yeah, I was right? going to say it's plastic, yeah. Well, Scre- I mean, even if you don't smash it, you scratch it. There's other Anyways. ways to break it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's funny, like, one of the reacts that we saw on Weibo to this was breaks two phones with one drop. Yeah, that's kind of hilarious. I don't know. I mean, personally, I am not a big fan of foldables because, firstly, um, I think I'm, a, I'm, I'm an exception here, but I, I don't really like phones with big screens. Like, I don't like this trend where, like, phones are getting bigger and bigger and bigger because, like, ha- like what if I wanted to text one-handedly and I hate that freaking, like, you know, feature where they shrink the screen down so that you can do it? I don't know. Like, I like having my phone in my hand. I like knowing that my phone is not going to slip out of my hand because it's too large. And also, foldables just, just, I mean, the phone, the form factor is just thicker as well. It's like, where are we going to put it in your pocket? Like, why are we going backwards? So this is where I object to all of, all of that. Just all of that. No, for, I am right. No, I'm just kidding. Well, for a couple of reasons. One is that, like, this is, 
stage one, right? We're so early in this. This is not what the final form factor is going to be, as seen by the fact that Samsung and Huawei have two completely different ideas about how they work. I think that this actually helps you. This makes phones smaller. Okay, right, right now, no, because it's still, again, phase one. But you can have a smaller phone. You don't have to have a phone with a certain size screen because then you just unfold it when you need something bigger. Yes, I agree. I was actually just about to say that I would be much more on this bandwagon if they were making phones smaller. So, for example, like, how big is my iPhone 6S screen? Yes, I use an iPhone 6S because it has a headphone jack and blah, blah, blah. But 4.6. 4.6. Okay, thank you, Ravi. <laughs> but, you know, if my 4.6-inch screen can fold into a 2.6, Three. I don't think that's how it works. Is that that's how it not works? How, that's, that's not how, how it works. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, I'm just dividing by two. But whatever it is, I don't know. How about, do I have to use the Pythagoras theorem or some sh- Anyway, regardless, if I could shrink my 4.6-inch screen to half the size it was, I would be much more okay with that. Like, I can put it in my back pocket, can put it in my shirt pocket if I wear shirts. You know, I think that's more awesome. Well, I think at the end of the day, um, we also need to look at the performance of these foldables, you know, how about the camera, the processors, you know, uh, battery life. These are, these are, I think, elements that a consumer will consider before forking out how much. <laughs> it's like freaking $2,000, euros? Again, that, that's again why I think this is just stage one, right? None of these are really consumer devices. They're just there to excite. And in that case, Huawei's has totally won. Huawei's exists only to show people that Huawei is cool. Mm. And they won. They don't actually need people to buy it. They just need people to go, oh, wow. Huawei does cool stuff, and they won in that sense. But that's actually, sorry, go back to the form factor. That's what I like about the Huawei one again, is that the the cameras on the Samsung don't really make sense the way they work, right? Mm. Um, the way they're kind of arrayed, and I think, whereas the Huawei, you just flip it over, and you got the full like array of cameras on the back. How do the cameras on the Samsung Galaxy Fold work? There's one, I believe, on the out, like the main one is on the outside, and then you open it up, and there's a giant, like, it's not even, it's so big, it's not even a notch, it's like a huge tab in the top corner of the right screen with the selfie cameras. I mean, you know, if, you, if you've if you been saying that Samsung has been working on this for like a decade, I'm actually quite surprised that there are so many... Like, it's so complicated. Why is their device so complicated if they've been working on this for 10 years? If anything, actually, I wonder if... And this is pure speculation on my part. Mm. They were working on it so long that they were stuck on this one idea that may have been a good idea, like, in 2015... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And kept working on engineering that idea instead of going, oh, actually, what if we rethink this and try a different approach entirely? Because apparently the Samsung one, in a sense, is more advanced in that the the way it folds, the folds are much um, smaller. They're much smaller, sharper folds, mm. and that's more difficult to achieve. But Huawei has a much better looking phone and a much more usable phone. So <laughs> you solved I mean, the wrong problem here, guys. <laughs> yeah, I mean, clearly usability and form factor. I mean, everyone cares about the form factor. I mean, how it looks the- these days, right? Like, yeah, I think you're right. Samsung seems to have been stuck in like like an era yeah. from like three years ago. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think after these two brands launched their foldable phones, like a couple other brands have also sort of you know, because it's MWC this week, Mobile World Congress, and everyone's announcing that they're going to come up with foldable phones. Um, have you guys seen some of the so-called prototypes online about the other phones? Like one that I thought was quite cool is the Xiaomi one, yeah. which folds like like you grab it with both hands and then you fold inwards. So it's like three-fold. But here's the thing. I do not for a second believe that is close to being a real product mm. for a bunch of reasons. One is that there is no selfie camera anywhere on that device. 
you cannot release a phone in China without a selfie camera. And that one doesn't have it on there anywhere. The other one is, I don't know if you noticed, but because I look at these things way too closely, like it's the JFK assassination film, but like the the phone never folds flat. It always The two edges always kind of taper downwards. It's never one flat device, which again tells me that this is really, really early. And I don't think you should get credit for a really early prototype when people mm-hmm. are actually about to start selling real consumer products. Mm-hmm. Why do you think they haven't sort of launched their products? Because foldables are hard. They're hard for a bunch of reasons. One, I mean, you can see from Samsung and Huawei, Huawei's is 2,600 US dollars. These things are expensive. Like they, that tells you how hard they are to make and how hard they are to manufacture, mm-hmm. right? Secondly, the software is a really, really big deal. Making the software work smoothly with multiple screens, especially because Google hasn't quite uh, come out with like an Android update that supports them natively. And especially because everybody has a different solution, right? Like mm. what Samsung uses for their screens is going to be different to what Huawei uses because of the form factor. And same thing with Xiaomi. Xiaomi's whatever software innovation Samsung's come up with can't, won't just work with Xiaomi's. So there's a whole bunch of reasons, I think, why they haven't come out with them yet. But I think they're all just trying to get credit by, hey, look, I've got a foldable phone, I've got a foldable phone, without actually figuring out the hard stuff. Well, well Samsung didn't even allow anyone touching their, their unit. I mean, that makes us think maybe it's not ready yet. Yeah, that's actually very suspicious. I mean, at least Huawei, like journalists had their, you know, they could like test it out. There were videos of people using it. Yeah, Samsung just had it locked up in a case. Really strange. Which again is weird given that they showed this phone off in November. Like this, and it's going to go on sale before the Huawei phone. This phone should be touchable. What are you hiding? <laughs> Kevin, would you pay $2,000 for uh, no. a phone? No. What What do you think is an acceptable price range? Like when, like what price point should it drop to before you're willing to buy such a phone? Just like, just like on a personal basis. For the technology, I acknowledge, yeah, I mean, it it should cost. Um, I don't know. I really don't know. Maybe a third of their price, half their price. I don't know. I really don't know. But as a consumer, I don't think it's it's it's, it's as Ravi is saying. It's probably not a consumer thing. Uh, it's more. But like, eventually, it will be. But when it is, it's probably not going to cost $2,000. If it does, this technology has problems, and I I would remove my whole, this is the future, um, mm. uh, label that I gave it earlier. Okay, what's the largest technological challenge of manufacturing a foldable phone? So what I've heard from people, both people who are actually working on foldable phones right now, and people who, um, and just the impressions in the videos that you're seeing from the phones in Barcelona, is that um, getting a consistent touch across the the fold itself, you know, when you unfold it and you unfold it flat, making sure that your finger tracks smoothly across that is apparently very, very difficult. I don't know why, but apparently that bit is very, very difficult. And one thing I've noticed, actually, if you look at the Samsung phone, like the Xiaomi, it doesn't actually unfold flat. There's a very, very slight difference, but you can see a little bump in the middle. And I wonder what effect that has on the phone. And I wonder if um, Huawei's is actually completely flat. I have no idea. Mm. Um, can people multitask on this huge screen? Is it possible? Uh, I'm, I can't remember what Huawei showed, but I'm almost certain they did show something. Samsung showed three apps at once. Oh, okay. Because I was just about to bring up the uh, ZTE Exxon M. Do you guys know this phone? It's like mm-hmm. that. <laughs> I mean, I think it was ZTE's very early attempt at making like a foldable phone without actually having one unified screen. So I saw it last year at um, CES in Vegas. And it was a pretty fat phone i think and then it, it, it unfolds into like two separate screens like there is totally 
like a hinge in the middle. I mean, it's basically two smartphones stuck together. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) But actually, you know, like, I mean, a lot of people are like, oh, that phone's ugly and like blah, blah, blah. But I actually don't really have problems with it. I don't know why. I mean, I quite like the fact that it's like, oh, there are two screens and I can very clearly do one thing here and one thing on the other side. I think this is because I don't game, so I don't really care. I think for Mm -hmm. people who do play big, uh, I mean, for people who do play mobile games, it's important to have like that large screen factor. I think one of the biggest problems actually is going to be um, because there's so much fragmentation between the screens, between the different screen ratios and sizes and folding, is anyone actually going to program for it? Because it's mm. there's only going to be so few of these devices that Huawei or Samsung are going to probably have to pay some game maker tons of money to be like, hey, can you just make an exclusive version of your game for us? You're not going to make any money on it. So we're going to subsidize it so that we have something to show off at our events about how cool this is. Because there's just mm. there's just no market for that right away. And that's going to be interesting to see if people come to some sort of compromise and when that then kicks in all the support. So that means apps have to be developed separately for each different device, basically. Well, think about the screen, not just the size, the ratio, right? It's almost square on these devices. What apps do we have now that work on a square device, right? Most mm-hmm. apps work on a portrait or, you know, like a, a widescreen device. Do you think it's possible that, that one day this could be standardized just for everyone's sake? Not standardized, but like everyone sort of decides like, okay, we're going in this foldable square. I mean, when you unfold the, the, the screen, it's a square and then it just makes life easier for everyone. I think that's naturally going to happen anyway. I mean, I should also point out that like right now, both Android and iOS have ways to support multiple screen sizes and ratios with... Um, software that automatically resizes itself but this size is so strange that you also want to take advantage of it right you want to not just kind of rearrange your icons you want to actually use the extra space but yeah i think it will just because look at the smartphone market anything that happens is immediately adopted right like as a standard across the whole thing everyone had the notch even Mm -hmm. though they didn't really need the notch everyone Mm -hmm. had the notch everyone's gonna have hole punches soon everyone's gonna have foldables it's just gonna end up being that consumers will prefer one way and everyone's gonna adopt it i think the notch is super ugly just for the record, it is hideous. And I don't understand why everyone adopted it. Everyone adopted it to copy. I know, that's but it's they, like hideous. It's like, oh, look at this ugly thing. And like everyone, let's copy that ugly thing that Apple did. Okay, well, unpopular opinion. Maybe some people <laughs> love the notch. I don't know. Kevin, do you like the notch? Well, the, the, the mainland phones, a lot of mainland phones actually moved away from this design now. So, which really? Is kind of, away yeah. from the notch? I mean, I, away, I think, yeah, yeah. They got a, like a, that, that hole thing. They have, they're yeah. starting with the hole punch now which is just a hole in the screen. Who, um, who started that? I'm not Vivo? sure. Uh, it's one of the mainland. Yeah, one of Vivo or, or Oppo or um, Honor, I think, started the hole punch um, thing first. But And Samsung are doing it on the Galaxy S10. What? So Samsung is now copying from mainland <laughs> brands. That's that's the first. I don't think it counts as copying when the phones come out within like a couple months of each other because these things take much longer to develop. Um, so I don't, I don't think that counts as copying per se. I think it's just a natural... It's also just a natural evolution, right? Of like, well, how do we make the notch smaller, move the bit on the top, right? That actually connects it with the screen. So, mm, fair. I don't, I don't like the notch, but what I, the one thing I do appreciate about it is that on iOS, um, I hate how the top bar gets cluttered. I mean, this is one reason I can never use Android because Android's top bar is just crazy cluttered. Um, but I don't like how the top bar gets cluttered with stuff on iOS, and the notch forced Apple to kind of clean it up and shove only what they could fit into the two little wings at the side. That's the one benefit of the notch that I find. Kevin, have you always been a BlackBerry user? Yeah. Like, 
you've um, never used. No, no. I. You see, that's the thing. I, I really actually do want this foldable um, phenomenon to succeed because the uh, phone market at the moment is so boring. And I remember in those days, Nokia, remember they come up with all sort of like lipstick phone. <laughs> lipstick phones? What? And what exactly is a lipstick phone? Yeah, you haven't seen it? I don't know. Describe it. Um, it is like a, it's, it's more like, a, you know, a, a, a recorder, but in the shape of, um, it's black and red. That's why. I feel like back then Nokia had all of these crazy shapes. Did not, did they not have one that was basically like a game? Yeah. Like a, like a, like a what do you call it? Like the N-Gage. Yes. Which was hideous. I don't know. But I think it was quite popular for a bit. I mean, I was a big no, fan the, of Nokia. The was it was never. never. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. I take that back. I mean, I just saw it everywhere. I think maybe just nobody actually bought it. Well, the <laughs> biggest problem, the the meme that killed the N-Gage was then when people realized that Nokia forced you to talk on it sideways. You didn't hold it like oh, flat right. to your face. Oh, yes, I remember this. You yeah, hold that it was sideways really like a yeah. taco, like holding a taco to your ear. Yeah. Don't hold a taco <laughs> to your ear, guys. Yeah. Um. But... Well, I was going to say, Kevin, do you remember the Siemens Accelerate phones? So for a while, Siemens tried to make these fashion phones. Oh, the one flash of light. The ones like the the one looked like a makeup compact. Oh, yeah. (laughs) One, yeah. One looked like a makeup. Um, I don't know what you call those things. Little makeup. Like a teardrop shape. It's not a teardrop. What shape is that? It's like it's like a round thing which you flip open, right? Like a powder. Oh, like a compact. Yeah, like a powder compact. I call it a compactor. That's not the right word. Is that not the same? Aren't all compactor? Yeah, no, that's definitely not the same thing. Um, but. Aren't all flip phones kind of like that? Like clamshell phones, basically, you said. Yeah, but that one is more like... Most phones are more um, uh, are longer, right? They're more like portrait shape. Mm. This was literally round and had mirrors everywhere and the buttons were in a circle. What? You, you tried, okay, tried I just don't your, even... I just can't even process this design. Try like, doing your um, SMS on that phone. <laughs> try doing yeah, your that, touch that's typing impossible. on that. That's but, like the old school sort of like... Like, are they trying to replicate that? Like, the dial? Oh, no, I think they're just trying to fit the form factor. Exactly, anyway, exactly. Horrible. Like, the form factor came first. But there were always there were all sorts of crazy phones back in the day. Yeah, yeah. I think that variety and, and yeah, but, it's but, I mean, really lacking right now. But to me, that's an example of variety being a bad thing. Oh. <laughs> <Really> bad <laughs> that's thing. true, that's true. I mean, but I, but I agree with what Kevin said about how smartphones have become sort of boring. It's like, oh, let's see what how different the screens would look or, like, you know, how thin the phones can get. Like, we haven't had, like, true innovation in a long time. Apart from maybe dual cameras. I don't, I don't, even, I don't even know if we call that actual. No, I don't think so. Yeah. I, think the, I think the last innovation in smartphone design was... The um, the, no, the Note, the Note. Samsung Galaxy Note. Because mm. before then, phones were getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And they made it bigger. Though, uh, the thing is, I never really credit Samsung with that idea because they just... That was Samsung's age of just throwing sugar at a wall and seeing what sticks that analogy doesn't really sound right but i can't swear on this podcast sorry throwing sugar at a wall <laughs> think of another word beginning with s oh okay okay yeah go. okay okay got it got it got it but i mean okay personally i i don't know i really like small phones like my first ever iphone i used to be a huge android user and then like i don't know one day i decided oh you know if i'm a tech reporter i should try out an iphone mm. because can you really call yourself a tech person if you have not tried all of the okay most like iPhone basically and then I got the iPhone SE which is like tiny tiny candy bar like well, I don't know it's very very small it but is I the like smallest it. iPhone yeah and I don't even have it anymore makes me really sad but like 
I like that I could just hold it in one hand. I mean, I think people don't understand. Okay, I have very small hands, like Donald Trump, maybe. I don't know. But, like, I have very I have very small hands. So, honestly, like, big phones just don't work for me. Like, I would drop my phone all, all the time. So, no uh, to big phones. Kevin, you have the biggest phone here, actually. Go yeah, on. how big is that that? That that screen. Wait, what? What phone it's is not this? Six. Is the BlackBerry one? This is the BlackBerry uh, Key one. Yeah, and it um, it looks like it should have a six. Yeah, six inch, but it, none. Yeah, that's that's the thing. Of course, it being compare. That's the well, iPhone XS, and then like his the, phone is much bigger, but my screen is much bigger because he's got to put a keyboard on there. Yeah, but I I cannot live without that keyboard. See, are you are you in agreement with me that like? actual tactile keys are so much better than touchscreen. Like, you could type on this with your eyes closed, probably. Like, accurately. 100%. But I, I do... I have seen people using the, the screen tapping, and they do it so fast. How? Are they swiping? I don't know. Like, you, literally, how do you... can do it you... faster, because you don't actually have to physically push down on something. The travel distance is shorter. So, theoretically, it's faster. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I really like pressing things. Like... Okay, that sounds really strange. But I like like mechanical keyboards. I like tactile buttons. So I like phones with like full keyboards. But cool. this is why you should like foldables because foldables adds an element of tactile mechanicalness because you unfold and fold. No, unfold. that's different. It's very different. It's like... And also I would just wreck the phone if I like unfolding. I feel like I would just totally use that as like a fidget... What, what do you call it? Like the fidget people? cube, yeah. Yeah, fidget cube. Like I would just do it all the time. And also... How many times can you actually do that before the phone breaks? Huawei says 100,000. Okay, so if on average you... There's about 100 pickups a day for heavy phone users. Uh, so that's three. And you're probably not going to unfold it every single time. But let's say you do, that's three years. Mm. If they're correct. I drop my phone all the time. If I didn't have a case on it, my phone is just just going to the garbage. Basically, like the number of times I drop my phone, I don't even know how or why... But basically, what I have concluded is that foldables are probably not for me. I hope. I hope I don't. I hope I don't. You know, regret saying this like five years down the road. But on this note, I think. On this note of regret. <laughs> on this note of regret and disapproval for foldable phones. Thank you, Ravi and Kevin, for coming on this podcast. Thanks, Anne. Thank you. Also, Ravi, where can people find you, and where can people read Abacus? abacusnews.com also we have our own podcast so listen to that it doesn't compete with yours because it's only about games yeah it's called You Died which is a great name You Died also Ravi what's your Twitter handle Ravi underscore here and end you may not remember that so just find me on abacusnews.com Kevin where can we find you on Twitter on Twitter uh, are you on Twitter <laughs> I am I follow you okay Twitter. just checking it's Kevin Kwong 11 <laughs> okay cool and also if you want to follow me I am at Zensu, Z-E-N-S-O-O. Also, we are publishing content almost daily on scmp.com slash tech. So if you want to read more about foldables or about what's happening in the tech space in China or, you know, the US-China technology race, come and check us out. Also, this podcast is on Spotify, iTunes and Stitcher. If you like our podcast, and I definitely hope that you do, Please subscribe and rate us on iTunes. Five stars. Thank you. Bye.
Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.